we say it all the time in Celebrate Recovery, we must give up control of whatever it is that we're trying to manage in our life under our own power. Today, we're going to unpack what that looks like and what that means to actually give up control in our recovery. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast. This is a, a podcast that we hope will help in your healing journey to provide hope for your mental, spiritual, emotional, and even relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics, all centered around the Beatitudes and Celebrate Recovery principles where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, hangups, and habits, and even our broken relationships so that we can walk in healing and freedom the way Christ intended in our life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery Rogers. And hey, welcome. So glad you're jumping on with us, uh, whether you're in your car or working out or running, whatever, and however you're listening, we're so glad that you're with us today. Excited to invite my brother in Christ. You know him, Andy Petrie. He's our ministry leader down in Fellowship Fayetteville, Celebrate Recovery. Welcome, Andy. So glad you're here, man. Thanks, man. Hey, y'all. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with anxiety and depression, grief and sexual addiction. My name's Andy. Hey, Andy. Uh, been been a few weeks since we've had you on, man. Good yeah, to have you back. Yeah, um, glad to be back. Uh, so, man, um, I know you just recently taught on the powerless lesson yeah. down in Fayetteville. I taught it up in Rogers, and it's one of the my favorite lessons because it's it is the longest acrostic we have. Um, we kind of tease <laughs> about that, and it, so it can be challenging to get all that content in, but. And just loaded with so much good stuff there. But but as we were kind of processing kind of after speaking on that, um, what what is kind of we're leaning into that giving up control. What does giving up control mean to you, Andy? Yeah, yeah. Giving up control. I think just simply in a sentence, it, it's really just it coming to the point of admitting that I can't do this. Uh, and you know, that, that idea of giving up control, I never realized until I got into recovery, how much I've tried to control things, uh, in my life, uh, just so much. And, you know, as I was sitting there talking about, uh, the, the powerless lesson the, the a couple weeks ago, you know, one of the things that I w- was coming to mind for me was just kind of an interaction uh, with my daughter uh, and, you know, <laughs> ha- has been a common thing. And, and it's so funny. I, Rodney, I actually think it was you one time that told me, you know, if if we want to get a good look inside our soul, just watch a toddler for a little bit. <laughs> yes, yeah, so true. And uh, I got to say, it, I, I definitely I, I'm a believer in that. But, you know, uh, just kind of shared that night that my daughter uh she she's a hoot uh and and one of the things that i love about her is her taste in food uh mm-hmm. and uh how she'll she'll just find something and latch on to it and for a season it was cheese sticks because she has excellent taste and uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> who doesn't love a good cheese stick? i know man they're so good but uh 
you know, the thing with Harper is like, you know, there'd be times where we'd open the fridge and out of nowhere, she'd snicker, stick her hand in the drawer and grab a cheese stick <laughs> out. And, and I'm standing over her and she loves cheese sticks, but she's never really been able to figure out the mechanical workings of trying to free it from its plastic prison. <laughs> and, uh, I love that. Yeah. Plastic prison. <laughs> but she, but that doesn't keep her from trying. And so kind of what happens in that place is she, she tries to do it on her own. She gets frustrated. She tries some more, gets even more frustrated, and then she falls on the floor in defeat and then just kind of without looking, just kind of hands it up to me. Mm. Uh, and what's funny is the entire time I'm sitting there, I'm watching this play out and I'm going, hey, Harp, hand me the cheese stick. Like, I'm right here. <laughs> Dad can help out. Like, just hand me the cheese stick and, and let me let me help you get what you're looking for. And, uh, you know, honestly watching that play out a couple times there's there's times where i've looked at that and go man it's gonna be a long 18 years uh, <laughs> but then realizing that what i see in harper is actually what i see in my heart so yeah. often yeah and it you know in that in that powerless lesson we talk about you know those serenity robbers yeah. um but pride it takes a lot of swallowing of pride doesn't it to to acknowledge I need help. And I talked about this on a previous podcast a couple weeks ago, but just that when we come to that place, we realize that our life is unmanageable and we need help to come to that realization, swallowing my pride in a, in the lesson I'm, I'm looking at the, the acrostic, it says ignorance plus power plus mm. pride uh, is a deadly mixture. Ignorance plus power plus pride. Yeah. And I, you know, that idea of, ah, man, it's, it's just good. There's a lot swimming around my head because I'm thinking about my story, man. And, and I think about jumping into recovery when I first started this process and this whole principle of this, of, you know, realize I'm not God. I admit I'm powerless over my tendency to do the wrong thing. I thought that that was a really discouraging and kind of dumb idea when I walked into this <laughs> because I had a script in my mind that said, I can't admit that mm. I can't do it because what does that say about me if I can't do it? And that's that. Honestly, I look at it now and, and this may seem harsh, but it, it feels like ignorance. And it's not that I was dumb. It's just that I just didn't understand. Mm. I thought that I needed to have everything uh, figured out in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But that plus my own false sense of power, convincing yeah. myself that I had to be strong enough to do it. And then the pride that says, no, I'm going to do it and I can do it and I've got no other choice. And yeah. I can't ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that can feel, and, and just leaning in is, as I read that, that ignorance, what is the ignorance? And we're talking about ignorance plus power plus pride. And that, that Proverbs 29, 23, the pride ends in a fall. Mm. Why humility brings honor. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Right. And I've, I've used mm -hmm. this illustration before, but if all we've done our whole life is eat rats, yeah, it's like, we don't know any different. It's like, well, this is what we do. Right. And, and I think in recovery, it's like, no, you just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That's what people do. And it is yeah. a kind of a level of ignorance. You know, it sounds silly, but it's like, a, it's like, well, if you don't know, you don't know. So there is an ignorance 
And how does how does the recovery process bring um, in, in kind of this information and this new way of looking at the way we face life? And how does that play into that acknowledging that I can't do this on my own? Just kind of chewing on that. Yeah, out. yeah. Well, I love that. And, you know, I grew up in, you know, around Southeast Missouri. And so ignorant was a, was kind of a, <laughs> that was, that was something you said about somebody. If you didn't kind of like insulting. it, it was yeah. an insulting thing, but ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. It's yeah. a lack of understanding on how things really work. And, um, you know, I think for me, my understanding was, uh, I needed to understand how it worked, but I just, I didn't realize I wasn't able to go to the place that said, uh, you know, to, Harper with the cheese stick, <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't get to the place to where I could say I can't I can't manage this yeah. this thing that's in my hand. It doesn't matter how tight I control it or how much I wave it around. There's no way yeah that I can control it. Yeah, and it makes me think. Um, I mean, the cheese stick. It's such a. I love that illustration. By the way, I just and I love Harper. Just knowing her makes that an even better story. But. <laughs> But imagine her little face and the frustration. But it makes me think of how do the, the we talk about this in the cycle, right? The hangups, those core beliefs, how I see myself, yeah. how I see God, how I see others, my circumstances. What? How do the, the shame messages play into if I can't open this? And we see anger come out of that, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I should be able to do this, right? It, it just makes me think, what are the shame messages that that we hear, that we tell ourselves, that the enemy tells ourselves when we can't, when we feel like we should. And how does yeah. that play into that nasty cycle in our life? Well, you know, it's interesting you speak of the hangups, those kind of those those scripts that kind of run in our mind that we learn from our just throughout the course of our life. And one of those scripts for me is that uh, I just I have to have it figured out. That not just that, I have to have it figured out because what I do determines my value. Mm. I've got to, I've got to make the grade. Uh, you know, I, I was a nerdy kid in school and that was one of the ways that, uh, I felt like I could win people's approval was yeah. if I was smart enough to do it. And so whenever I came up against a challenge that I couldn't figure out, it wasn't just a, man, I, I'm having a hard time figuring this out. It was, Andy, you are deficient mm. because you can't figure this out. Yeah. And to admit that meant that I was admitting that I was defective somehow. Mm. And that because of that, that just said I was worth less as a person. If people knew this about me, then what would they want to do with me? And that was part of my pride that kept me from reaching out and asking for help. Mm. Yeah. And it makes me think, and I know your story, you know, my story, the, just what our experiences are in our life when we didn't get it right. Oh yeah. Right. The, the messages we heard or the, um, the experiences we, we received from other people when we didn't know or understand that it's like there was a, I'm just the, the, the picture and I don't know why this popped in my head, but just thinking of being in school as a little kid and the teachers explaining something and it seems like everyone around me understands this and I'm mm. the only one that doesn't Yeah, <laughs> and terrified to be that guy that raises my hand and saying, help, 
I don't get this. But then the, the worried, worried about um, the perception from the people around me is like, wait, you don't understand. You need help with that. I mean, yeah. gosh, we all, all of us understand it. We all are strong enough. We get it. And you don't, you're the only one on the planet that doesn't understand. It. So it just made me think as you were talking to Andy, just the, those shame messages from experiences with other people is hurt people, hurt people that play into that, that, now keep it to yourself. You better just suck it up. Yeah. Get her done. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting as you're saying that, like, I think of me as a kid, uh, certain people in my life, uh, you know, I can remember learning something that I thought I understood, but I was really excited about and like, Hey, did you know that this is, you know, this thing is, is this way. And, and the response getting back of like, what do you know? It's not. Yeah. You, that's that's not even close, Andy. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so, rather than and and I got that a fair amount from a couple different people in my life. And what it taught me was, I'm not going to say anything unless I know I'm absolutely right. Mm. <laughs> because if I'm not right, I get smacked in the face. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good you said that. And I bet that just resonated with most of our listeners. It's like in the in our relationships, kind of that we withdraw, you know, yeah. but that if I can't do this just perfect, and that kind of played out in my story too, just that perfectionistic mindset, right? If I can't do this just right, if I can't do it perfect, and I can't get this organized in a perfect way, I'm just not going to say it at all. And so... That feels safe, but man, what a loss for us because it means we're not in the game. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, you know, as I think about it, you know, that idea of pride, so much of my pride is actually a result of my insecurity. Mm. That fear of, I am, I am so afraid of getting this wrong. Mm. This fear of failure that it's, I'm, I'm going to act like I'm above even trying. Yeah. Because deep down, I feel like if I try and I fail, that's the worst possible outcome that I could ever have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what does that look practically like in your your personal recovery story? I'm just kind of curious that, is there an aspect of your story that kind of comes to mind of how you kind of came to that realization that, you know, I can't do this on my own. I need to give up control. What's that look like? Yeah, man, I think for me... That, that idea of finally getting to the point of realizing I can't do this was, uh, honestly, I think it was a progressive thing for me. I wish I could say I was a quick learner on yeah. stuff, but I'm really not. <laughs> no, uh, and, you know, sometimes the Lord has to work with me. And I love how God is so patient to meet us where we're at, but yeah. he's also so persistent to keep saying, hey, are you listening to me? Right. And so I think for me, like... You know, when I jumped into Celebrate Recovery, and I've shared this before, like I was hired into recovery uh, <laughs> because I was convinced that I needed to hide my stuff. And so there was a fear of me bringing my stuff out into the open. But uh, as I, as I, you know, stepped into recovery, helping out with the landing, our student ministry, uh, there was uh, there was a sense of when I stepped into Celebrate Recovery of I've got to do this because this is my job now yeah. and it's an expectation. Mm. But I think even in that, and it's funny, like when I look back at my 
participants guide number one from my first step study, like I laugh at some of those answers now because I can see that I'm still trying to control my image and the perception that people have of me in there. And honestly, it was me repeatedly trying to do things on my own and just falling flat on my face. And I think it took a relapse of me sitting across the room from you, Rodney. Yeah. And realizing, man, I really can't do this. Wow. Yeah. yeah I remember that. I'm so glad that you grew through that season, just knowing the man that you are, man. Yeah. Well, great conversation. We'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll continue conversation with Andy Petrie, the ministry leader at Fellowship uh, Celebrate Recovery in Fayetteville. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Well, hey, we wanted to invite you into a very special place uh, of healing and hope and freedom uh, in Jesus. It's called Celebrate Recovery. We've been talking about it. But uh, it happens every single Friday night at both our Fellowship Rogers and Fellowship Fayville campus, along with a lot of other places here in Northwest Arkansas. But here this coming Friday, we're going to be talking about what it looks like for us to step into sanity, wholeness of mind through Christ. And we would love to see you there as we celebrate the hope, freedom, and healing that we have in Jesus. Welcome back. Uh, having a great conversation about what it looks like to give up control. And Andy, right before we went on break, you were just talking about uh, uh, just that moment of, Ugh, maybe I can't do this on my own. And and I love that, uh, that beautiful space. Um, man, as we think about the acrostic of powerless, um, in principle one, this is principle one all the way through, but you know, the, just thinking about the, the worry, um, you know, one of those acrostic letters is worry and just how worry plays out in worrying about what are people going to think of me? Um, (laughs) what, uh, what what is what is going to happen from here? Where, where is this going to go? Is everything going to be different? Is it going to be unmanageable? It just all this worry. How did worry play out in that giving up control for Andy? Oh man, dude! So there was two things I was super worried about. I was worried about my past being made known, and I was worried about the effect on my relationships in the present and what that was going to look like in the future. And so when it came to my past. Mm. A lot of shame that I had. Uh, I'm really good at making dumb decisions. Uh, and I, I didn't want people to know those decisions. And so that thought that I had walking in to celebrate recovery was, man, there's some things in my life that I probably need to be honest about. But there's some skeletons in the closet that nobody will ever hear about. Yeah. And uh, because I was so worried that if people knew the worst thing I'd ever done, mm man, what would the ramifications of that be? Yeah. Uh, and especially as somebody that was on staff uh, at at a church, I'm like, man, I can't <laughs> let that be made known. It's a lot at stake. For and you. so there was a worry of what, what, what consequences have I been running from in my past that are going to catch up with me? Yeah. And, well, and shame. I mean, shame, we've talked about this before, but just that shame says... Um, if you see me, you're either going to reject me, you're going to leave me, or I'll die. Yeah, that, That's a very real thing. And say, like, ah, oh, that, that feels like an exaggerated. But that's what our body is saying in that space. That's 
if you see what's behind this mask and I reveal the hurt and the muck underneath that, you're not going to like what you see and you're going to, you're going to turn your back on me. So there is a lot at risk, right? And it becomes a little bit overwhelming, which is why we can't face it on our own. Yeah. Right? When you talk about a serenity, Robert, worry is one of those big ones, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, I remember to that idea of, are they're going to reject me? I'm going to die. Like I remember the first time I did my introduction and in step study, my heart rate must've been at 210 <laughs> as guys were going around that circle and it was getting closer to me because I was convinced that if I'm really honest in this, they're going to tell me to leave. <laughs> mm. And that didn't happen. But there was also a worry of the future. You see my sexual addiction, I, I had a pornography addiction for 13 years in my life. And, uh, that was how I dealt with stuff. Mm. That was the, that was, and it feels strange to say this, but I think it's, it's the truth. That was my safe space Yeah, was in my dysfunction because even though it didn't lead me to what I was looking for, it, it, it was my way of dealing with stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what my life was going to look like without it. Yeah. Because I had never known another way. And so I was worried, like, how, I felt like life was going to swallow me up. Yeah. Uh, because that was the only way I managed it. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, talk about crippling and uh, that worry. I mean, it's, it's, it's meditating on the wrong thing, in oh, the, yeah. wrong, uh, the wrong uh, situation. But it's so one thing that comes to mind too in this giving up control I, I we talk about just that accuse and excuse right where we accuse others and we excuse ourselves almost to justify staying stuck right and that that's part of that ignorance but some pride in that too that it, we get stuck in this place of pointing the finger at other people and you know there's some resentment one of those letters is resentment kind of kicks in it's like well if my stepdads hadn't done this, I wouldn't be where I am now. So, you know, it kind of justifies my behavior. How did that blame game kind of work out in your uh, stuck cycle, that uh, plastic prison, so to speak? Yeah, right? <laughs> man, dude, I, I think about my just innate, just ferocious desire to want to defend myself and justify myself. Yeah. Yes, there was things going on in my life, but you needed to understand why I was doing that. Right. Or why the reason why I did it was because somebody else did something to me mm. in there. And it was uh, my pornography addiction was a way to cope with when I felt like I couldn't escape that blame. Mm. But the way that I conducted relationships within my codependency and my people pleasing, uh, that was all based off of just that desire to defend myself, which came out in me making excuses, trying to cover my tracks and trying to blame people. And, you know, what it felt like is whenever I was faced with something that reflected negatively on me, mm. I, I felt like a wild animal that was trapped against a wall. Yeah. And I wanted to do everything I could to not feel like it it landed on me because the underlying thing is that again, if I'm operating out of this idea that my, what I do is to de determines my worth, mm. then 
I can't let anything stick to me. Yeah. And in that place, it feels like death. And so I'm trying to avoid it as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, in, in, in the process, you know, we talk about the resentments. It's not that we're saying ignore and act like those things that did happen to you or affected you, you know, act like those didn't happen. No, we're actually saying like in my case, you know, coming from a lot of abuse in my childhood from stepfathers um, is know that that's not my fault. And if yeah. you're listening and some things have happened to you, just know you can say I'm not guilty for that. What I had to learn in my recovery is I had to stop blaming them. I had to own the pain, but take responsibility for where do I go from here? Yeah. Right. And it reminds me just that. And I've said it to sponsees before, but just that blame in the in the present in this very moment can become a lack of being accountable for a lifetime, mm. right? I if I just stay stuck in this blame game, then I'm what I'm saying is I have a lifetime mission to not be accountable, and I've got to be accountable for my actions moving forward, even if it was hurt people, hurt people. I need to own that. And, and acknowledge the pain so that the resentment doesn't eat my lunch. Because for me to be resentful is not biblical. Yeah. James 1, 19, 20 reminds us we can't use anger as a tool for righteousness, right? I need, to, I need to own the pain. If there's anger there, don't shame it, but don't let it, be, you know, master you. Get underneath that. What is that? What is that stuff underneath that's feeding the anger in your life? Take responsibility, right? Don't yeah. get stuck in that. Yeah. Well, and I, I, there was something that uh, I think it was when you and uh, Angela Imhoff from New Heights oh, yeah. Recovery were talking. Something she said, I love it. Uh, she said, acceptance eases the pain. Mm. And for me, it, you know, I think about some of that resentment in my life of like, man, if my if my uncle would have never exposed me to pornography when I was eight years old, right? then this wouldn't be a part of my life. And being able to, I can either, uh, when I, when I live in resentment and hold on to things, I live in the past and it doesn't allow me to experience God in the present mm. and, uh, learning to accept, man, that happened. Mm. That's a part of my story and, and allowing myself to grieve that actually allows me to find comfort. You know, yeah. Jesus tells us, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Yeah. When I, ex when I accept those things and allow myself to realize that and grieve that, yeah. that's my pathway to comfort. Mm. But if I'm sitting there just continually re-prosecuting the past, that's where I'm going to live. Yeah. And I'm never going to be able to step forward in there. And that idea of like, then I'm, I don't allow myself to, you know, with, with me getting exposed to pornography at a young age, that wasn't my fault. Yeah. But you know what I do need to take responsibility for is that I, I took something that wasn't my choice and I chose to use it Yeah, and, and go back to it. And there's good reasons why, but I've, I've got to come to the point where I realize and accept that's a part of my story. That's what I did. And you know what? It's not helpful anymore. Yeah. 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 I love that. You know, in it, I think um, just that idea of own my story, but don't make it my identity. Yeah. You know, this is so important. It's like, I need to own that. But 
and I've said this to guys that maybe are in the middle of, and if you're listening and you're in the middle of something, is is this a good reminder? Don't let yesterday's wrong choices or sinful choices become your justification for today's wrong choices and sinful choices, right? Yeah. It's like I can, even if it's sin done toward me, I don't want it to become my sin to manage this apart from Christ because that's not biblical. Yeah. So now because you wronged me, I'm going to walk in a wrong way of life of trying to manage the hurt that you caused me. Don't let the sin done toward you or me be my justification to walk in a sinful life apart from God because, well, I, I need to, they did this and and I deserve to do this and and you just don't understand and we just we run from God and try to play God and yeah that's not that's not biblical mm-hmm. yeah it yeah. Just gets us stuck yeah the uh, the sinful choices of one person don't give me permission to make my own sinful choices yeah that's so good so Andy somebody's listening right now and they're you know they're in that place of man I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do what what uh, what you're talking about, Andy, about yeah. giving up control, and I'm trying to very simply open that cheese wrapper, and <laughs> I should be able to do this. It, good Christians with good faith, strong Christians, know how to make this happen. Uh, what do you say to them to give them in s- some encouragement if they're in a place where they feel powerless and they just life's a mess and they don't know what to do with that. They don't know if they can give up control. Yeah. You know what, what I love is that, uh, God didn't design us to operate under our own power. Yeah. You see, just like when I, whenever Harper's trying to open that cheese stick, I'm standing right over the top of her saying, Hey, I'm right here. Yeah. Just hand it to me. I want to help you with it. Let me help you. Let me help you. Uh, that's what Jesus does for each one of us. You see, he knows what's in our hands. He knows what we've been struggling with. He knows what we feel like we think we should do. Yeah. But he's also right there Hmm. saying, son or daughter, just, I'm right here. Hand it to me. Let me help you find what you're looking for. And, you know, the, that's one of the greatest joys of this process is like, it's, it's just as simple Hmm. as saying help. Yeah, the most, the simplest and uh, simplest prayer, right? And the most beautiful prayer, help me, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how God steps into that place and fills the gap. Mm. And, you know, when we're willing to say, God, I need you. Yeah. Would you just have rain, just free rain? in this and would you show me the way to do it and when we bring him into it yeah and we're willing to bring other people around us that love us and support us and aren't going to judge us in that place change just happens yeah it's not immediate it's a beautiful but the process is beautiful yeah Yeah. that's so good well andy thanks man i appreciate your heart i wish i could have been down there to hear your teach on powerless a couple weeks ago but uh Love your wisdom. Thanks for your heart and being vulnerable with us, man. Grateful for you. Thanks, man. Well, hey, thanks for uh, being with us today. Uh, as always, we're, we we love you guys, and, and we love that we get to do this with you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for the high ratings. It just 
it's not a pat on the back. It just it helps us to reach more people. And so thanks for helping us with that, giving us a high high rating and, and sharing with your friends on social media and text and email uh, means a lot. But if you're listening and hurting right now, just know that you don't have to face this alone. We, we want to join you in this beautiful thing we call recovery. And so you can join us uh, Uh, You heard earlier at our Fayetteville, Fellowship Fayetteville campus or Fellowship Rogers campus, or maybe there's another group in the area. Maybe you need another meeting. We have some great Celebrate Recoveries in the area that would love and welcome you. But go to fellowshipcr.org if you have questions. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope we'll see you next time. Till then, God bless.